Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This week, we launched a new Entree Architect Academy digital course. It's called Construction Management for Small Firm Architects. My small firm earned an additional $58,000 the first year we started offering construction management to our clients. To learn more about this new digital course, visit entrearchitect.com slash cmcourse. entrearchitect.com slash cmcourse. Entree Architect Podcast, Episode 119. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. When we talk about firm culture, usually our thoughts lead us to this idea of a busy studio full of staff working with dozens of clients, right? Back and forth, doing all the things that architects do. Don't we need a, a firm full of people before we can have a firm culture? But what if we work alone? What if, what if we're a sole proprietor? What if we're a sole practitioner? Do you, as a sole practitioner, have a culture? And if so, how important is that culture to your ultimate success as an architect? Well, as you may have guessed, I have a few ideas on that subject. This week on the Entree Architect Podcast, I'll share my thoughts on the sole practitioner architecture firm culture. 
This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. So all this month, we're talking about the topic of culture. We're going to hit it from every angle. And last week, we talked about, um, about your firm culture, episode 118. And we talked about, you know, we, I, I asked you to, to think about your firm culture. At the end of episode 118, I gave you some homework. I asked you to, to be intentional and to think about your firm culture. Is it, is it positive and healthy? Is it contributing to the success of your firm? Is it, or is it just sort of there and it's doing what it's doing? Or is it, is it, a, is it a negative culture? Is it harming your, your success? Is it, is it taking money out of your pocket? These are the things I want you to think about. I want you to consider these things because culture is one of those things that sort of just sits there and becomes what it becomes if it's not intentionally planned and, 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 and thought about and executed upon. So I asked you to think about that. Did you do that? Did you, did you schedule some time in your, in your week this week? Maybe on Monday while you're working on your, on your plans for the week, did you schedule a little bit of time to think about your culture? Did you, did you develop the foundation of values that we talked about in the last episode? Are you being intentional? This week on the blog, um, entrearchitect.com slash blog, uh, my friend Marika McKeel wrote a great guest post, and it's called Developing a Powerful Small Firm Culture from the Ground Up. And Marika, in this, I, you know, I love this article. It's, it's, she's being intentional. And she shares in this article how she's using off-site retreats to plan her firm's success and to build a strong culture with, with, uh, with the, her new team. She just recently hired a new team, two new people in her firm. She was a sole practitioner. She was working alone. And she took that big step to hire that first employee. And that first employee very quickly led to a second employee. And she's using off-site retreats where she's taking her team away, bringing them to, to, a, uh, to a place away from the studio for a weekend, two days, and sits down and goes through a whole process. And, and she walked us right through that entire process in this article, and she shares exactly how she ran her off-site retreat. And she even, what's really cool, is at the end of the article, she even includes some feedback, some written feedback from her team, the two new employees, uh, who are not actually so new anymore, um, and, and shared their experience she, they, they wrote their point of view of this, of this retreat and how it's affected them as a business and how it's affected them uh, as a culture and how, they're, how they've bonded and how they've grown to, to, uh, to, to want to support one another and to, to make this firm successful. And it's working. If you look at what Marika's doing uh, and, and the, the content that she's providing in, on social media and on her blog and the architecture that she's creating with her team, it's impressive. So, uh, you know, I, I, I really hope that you get an opportunity to, to read that post. If you haven't yet, I'm going to, I just created a short link for it. EntreeArchitects.com slash offsite. That's O-F-F-S-I-T-E, like offsite. Um, that'll take you right to that article. And I think you should read it. I think it's a really great article. Um, and I, and I, and I don't want you to miss it. So make sure you check that out. This week, since our episode 118, talking about firm culture, I got a bunch of questions uh, a bunch of feedback from that episode, and I get feedback every week. And and this week, lots of questions about sole practitioners. That's that's you know that's the the bulk of 
the, the comments coming back, both from the Entree Architect community out in social media, on the Entree Architect Facebook group. You can, get, you can join that if you're an architect, entrearchitect.com slash group. Join that. It's a great group. We talk about all different kinds of things. And in our private paid membership community, Entree Architect Academy, uh, that too, the question came back, what about if we're a sole practitioner? How does culture affect us? Um, what if what if I practice alone and I don't have any staff? Do I still need to worry about firm culture? So, my question, my 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 quick question, my quick answer to that question is yes, yes. You need to think about that too. Even uh, a firm culture uh, of one is important. Even if you're working as as a sole practitioner. Uh, there's still a firm culture. And just a quick recap of last last week, I defined what firm culture is. A firm culture refers to the beliefs and behaviors that determine how our teams interact and how they handle transactions inside and outside the studio environment. That's the definition. A firm culture refers to the beliefs and behaviors that determine how your team interacts and how they handle transactions inside and outside the studio environment. That's the definition. Well, you, as a sole practitioner, if you're a sole practitioner, you have beliefs and behaviors, right? You interact with people and, and handle transactions inside and out of your studio, right? So you have a culture. You have a firm culture too. It's a firm culture of one. And, and, and there are specific elements that, and there are many, many elements that make up your culture, but I'm going to talk about several of them here. I think there's seven of them. Um, and I want you to think about each one of these. I want you to think about how these, and this works for, for big firms and medium sized firms, but it, but it's, this is specific to sole practitioners. These are things that do affect the success of a sole practitioner do affect the culture within the, the, the firm that you've created as one. These are important things. Let's start with the space that you work in, the physical studio space. That affects your culture. Is it a dedicated workspace? Or are you working like on your dining room table and your kids are coming in and out of the space? Or, or you've shared a space with, with uh, a co-working space and there's, you know, there's somebody on either side of you that have nothing to do with your firm and constantly distract you. Or is it a dedicated space? Have you created... Uh, do you rent a, a private studio or do you have a space in your home that's yours? That's, that is your firm studio that's dedicated to practicing architecture. Is it well-defined? Is it designed in a way that, that it's, uh, that it's efficient? Does it feel good when you go in? Is it well-equipped? A well-equipped studio is important. It makes you feel something when you walk in. Are your computers updated? Are your devices, is your phone and your iPad and your other tablets, is that all up to date? Is your software up to date? Are your apps up to date? Are you using the things that make your job easier? It's all in your mind, right? Culture is in, in your head. Culture is the way that we work and interact. But those, all those, those behaviors that we talked about come from your head. The habits that we've created are part of our culture. And so the physical space in which you work affects the work that you do. It affects the way that you interact with other people. It affects um, your practice and ultimately affects your bottom line. Because if you're, if you're not happy or if you're not efficient, you're losing money. And that's all part of your culture. The second one 
is something I talk about all the time, work-life integration. It's also known as work-life balance, but I don't believe life is balanced, especially as a sole practitioner, especially as a small firm architect. Our lives are not balanced ever. So it's a work-life integration, especially as a sole practitioner. You know, my firm, Five Cat Studio, it, we've we've gone virtual. You know, I have a staff that that's outside of my studio at their own studios, and we work on the internet. Um, so I have my own dedicated studio that I look out the window and I can see the trees and the birds and the animals go by. And I have a private entrance, so if clients want to come by or a contractor wants to pick up some drawings, I have that. They don't come through my house. Um, that allows me to to have this life of a of work life integration. It's I, I've I've intentionally with my wife, who is my partner, uh, also an architect, Anne-Marie, we've intentionally designed our lives, intentionally designed our life to integrate our firm and our family. So we can do both. We both raise our family. We both do architecture and run the firm. We both have responsibilities and roles um, and are, have expected results. So we have different things that we need to do in different times when we work and different um, different uh, amounts of time that we work on each, but it's an integrated life. It's it's the firm and the family have become one integrated piece, and and they're 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 integrated, but they're still separate. You know, so I have a, a, a separate space, and I have a dedicated time to do the work that I do. This this allows me to to run my firm and be successful as an architect and be a dad whenever I need need to be. If my kids need to be picked up from, from track team or swim team or, or there's a play at school and it's, you know, or there's a teacher conference, I can do that because my life is flexible that way. I have this work-life integration. That's part of my firm culture. That's part of how my firm runs. It's part of the behaviors that we have established in my firm. The idea of having this this uh, in, this virtual firm allows my staff too to have that work life integration and do the things that they want to do when they want to do them. Um, so, I talked about dedicated times in this work life integration. So the third one, first one's physical studio space. The second one's work life integration. The third one is is your work hours. Do you actually have set work hours, or do you just work? <laughs> you just wake up do what you need to do, go to the studio and just work. And you just work until you get tired and then you go home and then you wake up again. Or do you have set hours? I have set hours. When I, when I, I have my studio, it's at the, at the basement level. Uh, it's a walkout and it's, it's, um, and I have stairs that go up to my main level, up to my, up to my house. And so I call that my commute. When I moved from the big studio where we were for 11 years in the big studio, uh, about 10 minutes from here in Pleasantville, New York, uh, we had a big 2,000 square foot studio and I used to get in the car every morning and I would drive 10, 15 minutes to Pleasantville and that was my commute, right? And some of us drive a half hour or an hour drive to our, to our offices. My commute now is every morning, I commute down the stairs to my studio and, and every afternoon I commute back up for lunch and then every... You know, evening when I'm all done, when the kids come home, usually around four o'clock, three, three o'clock, four o'clock, again, flexible hours, work-life integration. So I'm not working till six, I'm working till four. Um, but from, from eight o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon, I break for lunch, but I am full on working. 
both on five cat studio and here at entree architect and so but those are my work hours and so when when my work hours are over at four o'clock i can get up and i could comfortably leave this studio and i can move on and go be dad and so my work hours are part of the culture that we've created here at five cat studio as part of this this situation and as a virtual firm it feels because i work alone you know Anne marie has her own studio on the other side of the house i don't see her most of the day she's doing her responsibilities elsewhere our uh my my main project manager is in another town um so although we have a small firm we're not sole practitioners i'm alone most of the day so these work hours are really important and I, and I, and I understand as, 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 you know, working alone, what a sole practitioner feels like. Um, although I have staff that, that I can, that I can, uh, move things to and, and have other people have other responsibilities and roles, but they all, but the work hours are flexible and they can do what they want when they want. And, but I have set work hours, which is very important. You know, so this, I work from, from eight o'clock till four o'clock. Uh, I am flexible within those hours to do what I need to do, uh, but the hours are set. And that's, that's very important. That's part of the culture that we've created. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to FreshBooks for their support as a platform sponsor of Entree Architect. Because as a platform sponsor, FreshBooks has provided funding and support for our overall mission here at Entree Architect to be an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use accounting software designed to help us small firm owners get organized, save time, and get paid faster. It takes care of invoicing, expense tracking, estimating, reporting, everything you need, and it all happens out in the cloud so you have access to your information from anywhere you have access to the internet. And as an exclusive offering just for the Entree Architect community, I've asked FreshBooks to join me on video and show us around the product, FreshBooks. I know that once you see how easy it is to set up and how simple it is to use, you will convert to FreshBooks just like I did for 5Cat Studio. Tim Lee of FreshBooks and I produced a series of videos and they're available for free at entrearchitect.com slash freshbooksvideo. And when you're ready to give FreshBooks a try, go to freshbooks.com slash architect and sign up for a free 30-day trial. It's free. No questions asked. It's free. 30 days. Just go in there and set up one client. Send one invoice. Set up a credit card payment system and have that invoice paid faster than you ever imagined it would get paid by credit card. It goes right into your, into your bank account. I love it. So freshbooks.com slash architect. Sign up for your free 30-day trial right now. Give it a shot and be sure to let them know that we sent you. Put in Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. The fourth one is very, very important. And this is probably the bulk of, of culture. Uh, and I call it relationships. And so relationships, you're, the way you interact with other people. So the definition again is, where's the definition? Let me read the definition again. Um, a firm culture refers to the beliefs and behaviors that determine how your team interacts and how they handle transactions inside and outside your studio. So relationships, that's about people, right? That's, and when you think about culture, that's what you think about. You think about people. And as a sole practitioner, you too have relationships with people. 
And those relationships and those behaviors and those interactions are part of your culture. So you have relationships with with uh, consultants, possibly. Maybe you have people working with you as a, as a independent contractor. So they're not employees, but they're doing work for you. Um, much like employees, you have a relationship with them. You have a relationship with contractors. We all are dealing with contractors, unless you're working with a larger firm and you're not interacting with contractors. But as small firms, and especially as sole practitioners, we wear all the hats. So we're, we're, we have a relationship with contractors. And how does that relationship work? If it's intentional and it's planned and, and it's, and it's uh, set up in a way that, it's, that you encourage that relationship to be strong, that is part of your culture. Your relationship with your clients do you have, that's something that's very important. We learned very early on that um, you, for us, we can't be friends, quote unquote, with our clients. It's very important to be friendly, but we don't want to be friends. We want to do our job because when you become friends, that sort of gets in the way of doing the work you do. And I know a lot of architects become friends with their clients and we've become very good friends with many of our clients after the project is complete. But the 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 culture, the the uh, the the uh, protocol that we've established within our firm is that we are professionals, that we work for our clients, and th- those clients, although we are friendly, are not our friends, and that's just us. Everybody's got their own way, but that's part of the culture. That's my point: is that you want to think about these things. You have a relationship with your peers. This is another one. Even as a sole practitioner. You have a connection with peers. If you're listening to this podcast, most likely you're part of the Entree Architect community, right? There are other professionals out there in the same situation as you that I've brought together through my platform, on the blog, on the podcast, in social media, at the at the Facebook group, um, in the academy. These peers, you know, you you have a relationship with these people, even online, um, even if you've never physically met them. Many of them have become your friends. Many of them have become your support groups. Many of them have been the people that you go to when you have a question. Um, that's what we've done. That's that's intentional here at, at Entree Architect to create these groups, to create to create these communities, both inside and outside of the uh, of the academy, um, to to create a, a safe place, protected place to have these relationships. Um, and of course, the last one relates back to work-life integration, you have a relationship with your family as part of your firm. If you're a sole practitioner and you have kids or a husband or a significant other, those relationships are part of the culture within your firm. How those relationships work affects the work that you do, right? So that's part of your culture as well. The, the fifth one is making money. And, and, I love talking about making money. Money makes everything easier. Money is not bad. You've heard me say that before. Go back to some of the other podcasts. Read, read the blog. Money is good. Money makes you, gives you the, the, the power and the resources to do more good things that you do. And so that's part of the culture. It's important that we're focused on profit, that, we, that we've, we've created profit plans and that we've, we've created the, the systems that, that work uh, th- that run our firm financially. That's all part of the culture that we've created. It allows us to focus on the parts of the business that we love. It allows us to be better architects, right? This part, this money part, is is the catalyst 
of launching Entree Architect Academy, right? The, this, the, our private membership group is, is to create a, create a place where small firm architects can join and learn how to build better businesses and make more money so we can all be more successful and do more architecture and have a happier life, right? Enrollment for Entree Architect Academy is opening in May. So go to entrearchitect.com slash academy and you can learn more information. You get on a list and we'll let you know all about that when, when the academy opens up. But making money is important as, as part of your culture. If you are struggling and you're not making the money that you need, if you're not being profitable, that affects all this other stuff. It affects your work hours. It affects your work-life integration. It affects the relationships with all of those people, your, your consultants, your contractors, your clients, your peers, especially your family. If you're not making enough money, it affects everything, right? It affects your studio space. If you're not making enough money, you can't have the studio that you want. So money is important. It needs to be part of your culture. It needs to be thought about and it needs to be intentional. And how do you make money? Systems. You need to create systems, especially as a, as a sole practitioner. You're only one person, right? You're only one person. You can only do one thing at a time, but you're wearing dozens and dozens of hats. If you did the exercise with relationships and responsibilities, uh, responsibilities, role, roles, responsibilities, and results that we talked about last month, you know how many hats you're wearing. It's really important that you have systems that are effective, that save you time, that can be replicated, and they're efficient. Effective, time-saving, replicable, and, ef and efficient. Systems, that's how you make the money. Your systems are part of your culture. If you don't have systems, that's part of your culture, and it's probably taking away from the positive effects of your culture, right? It's probably contributing negatively if you don't have systems because it's driving you crazy. So systems are part of your culture. And the last one, the seventh one, is the success of your firm. And that relates to all these other ones, but the success of your firm is a huge contributor to a sole practitioner's firm culture. Do you, and, th and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about financial success here, although that's a big part of it. Do you feel successful? Because you don't need to make a million dollars to be successful. Although I used to think that, I don't think that anymore. For me, success is, is, um, is, is contentment. I just want to be happy. I just want to live the life that I, that I, that I love to live. Right? I want to make enough money to run my firm, to, to keep my, hat, my, my, hat, my, my family fed and happy and do the things I want to do. And that's it. I don't need anything more than that. Do you feel successful? Are you doing what you want to do? Not what you need to do. Although this all, lots of this stuff is all about things you need to do. But to do these things, to do the things you want to do, you have to do these other things. Right, so the success of your firm, even if your finances aren't what you really wish them to be, are you happy, right? Are you happy doing what you're doing? Are you happy as a sole practitioner? And if you're not, if you're not happy as a sole practitioner, you need to think about growth. You need to think about bringing on a team. You need to read Marika's blog post at entrearchitect.com slash offsite. And, and, and read what she wrote about this, this off-site retreat. She struggled with, with trying to get the, the, the mind work done to, to hire that first person. But when she did, it was a game changer. It changed everything for her. So if you're not happy as a sole practitioner and you don't like the culture that you've created as a sole practitioner, you need to think about growth. growth. You need to think about growth. And it's, 
it's okay. Also, if you love being a sole practitioner and you love all these things, the flexibility and the relationships and the systems that you've created and the work hours and the, the, the work-life integration that, a, a, that sole practitioners have, there's so many benefits to being a sole practitioner. If you love it, then that's great. But if you don't, don't be afraid to grow. Because I know so many sole practitioners who are just afraid to grow. They know they need to. They're just afraid. You may want to look at, at your sole practitioner culture as I, I call it my vibe, right? You might, you might want to look at your culture as your vibe. You, when you walk into your, into your workspace, every morning when you get to your workspace and you open that door, what is the feeling you're feeling? What's the vibe that goes through your body and through your mind? Is it a good feeling? Or do you feel your shoulders tense up and your head starts to hurt and you feel the weight come down upon your shoulders as you approach that door? That's your culture. That's your culture speaking. That's the vibe from your office, from your studio speaking to you. Last week, we talked about being intentional. And I know many of you soul practitioners rolled your eyes or maybe even clicked delete so you may have never even listened to it. It does apply. Firm culture is important. And I want you to reconsider. Do you have a culture in your studio? You do. You do have a culture in your studio as a sole practitioner. And without being intentional, you may not end up where you want to be. It's your turn now. It's your turn. Last week I asked you to, to think about your firm culture. And I bet you, as a sole practitioner, you didn't do that. And I bet you, many of you, when you first read the title of last week's episode, you just deleted it and you never listened. I want you to go back and listen. And I want you to, to think about the things I said today. And I, and I want you to answer those questions. Is your, your firm, is your culture, is your firm culture as a sole practitioner, is it positive and healthy? Is it contributing to your success or is it harming your success? And I want you to write down your values. Do, the, do that foundation of values exercise that I, that I talked about last week. And I want you to consider all the elements of your sole practitioner architecture firm culture. Physical space, work-life integration, your work hours, the relationships you have with the people that you work with, money, systems, success. Do you feel successful? That's part of your culture. Your culture is contributing to that. And whatever it is that you're feeling, it is much the result of your sole practitioner architecture firm culture. So be intentional. Dream, plan, execute. That's the recipe. It's the recipe for success. Dream it, plan it, execute it. I'd love for you to go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes and leave me a review. Subscribe to the show and leave me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. I would love that. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 119. 119. And I talked about the Facebook group, Facebook group before. You can join that. That's a private, free Facebook group. entrearchitect.com slash group will get you there. And don't forget, 
we have a new Entree Architect Academy digital course construction management for small firm architects. Go to entrearchitect.com slash cmcourse to learn more. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to get out there, hang out with your friends and share what you know. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything i'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well we'll buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then you know in your head you've rooted like oh I'm connected to these people like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome, and I think it's it's so real. To this day, I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected 
annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.